0: Take thou authority to preach the gospel. Indeed, I look upon all the world as my parish.
1: I want to welcome you to another edition of Field Preachers Podcast. I'm Paul Nixon.
0: And I'm Beth Estock.
1: And we are here today with a character who is the pastor of Checkpoint Church, based in North Carolina. Checkpoint Church, a church for nerds. Nathan Webb is our friend who's going to share with us about this ministry today. Nathan, what is a nerd? Yeah, well,
2: Paul and Beth, first, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm glad to be here and talking about nerds, geeks, and gamers, and that, that kind of is the hot-button topic of, of, of what is a nerd. Uh, I can remember whenever I first got this calling, I told my church that I was serving at the time, which was a, a pretty traditional um, church of, of mostly 70-somethings, 80-somethings, and whenever I told them I was going to be reaching out to nerds, they thought I was insulting people. Uh, they said, "Oh, I believe that's a derogatory term." And I said, "No. I said I, I consider myself a nerd." Uh, but we have all three of those, all three of those names in our titles for a reason. The nerds, geeks, and gamers—we uh, want to reach all sorts of people. But the interesting thing about that term is, I think it really is self-affirmed. I think it's something that you you see about yourself uh, as being a nerd for something. Uh, I, I in particular define myself as a nerd for things like anime and for video games. Uh, I love those kind of things, but my wife, I would consider her a nerd for the Property Brothers, uh, which is, you know, a little bit different than what most nerds might see. You probably won't see Property Brothers at Comic-Con, but she plays the game and she loves that kind of stuff. And some people are book nerds. They really like reading books or comic books or uh, manga, or they really enjoy all these various things. So the way I've kind of defined it in in my lexicon is just someone who's passionate, someone who has a passionate uh, feeling towards something. They really, really love something. Uh, Sometimes it's multiple somethings and often uh, it tends to go towards pop culture, but that kind of rounds it off pretty well as far as being something that, People see it in themselves. We try not to call others nerds unless we know that they describe themselves that way, because I think otherwise we might be getting ourselves in some dark water. But uh, yeah, that, that's kind of kind of the gist. Someone who's passionate and someone who defines themselves as a nerd, geek, and gamer. And you know, we believe the gospel's for everybody. We just want to focus that uh, love towards somebody who might say, yeah, I am a nerd.
0: Hey, Nathan, how long has it been that you've had this... Um passion for connecting your love, your nerdy, gamey geekiness with the gospel and the people who um, are in that tribe?
2: Sure. So I've really only been working on intentionally bridging this gap since I started Checkpoint Um, back in last August and since I was appointed here, but it's always been kind of uh, mulling around in my brain. Uh, And some of my later years at Duke Divinity School, uh, I took time and wrote some papers on what that might look like. Uh, As you know, we have plenty of papers right in seminary. So I had plenty of time to kind of suss that out. Um, But it's always been there. I think there's always been a part relating these two things uh, in an important way. And I've seen that there's some overlap uh, and some ways that we can really learn and grow in one another. I've seen that, you know, there's a lot of things that nerds could learn from the church, but to be honest, there's a lot of things the church could learn from nerds. Uh, nerds do community really, really well. Uh, and that's something that was just so exciting to me. You know, I've had some of my very best friends in the church, and I've had some of my very best friends in my nerd communities. Uh, and I just wish that there was some way to bridge that gap. And so that that led me into this, this passion and this way of being intentional and connecting these two. And it's really surprised me um, at first, as I started to, to search out some scholasticism and some books on the subject, I thought I wouldn't find anything, uh, but there are a lot of people playing around with this idea and writing some great books and devotionals, uh, and so I've really enjoyed just kind of diving in and looking at how nerds and church might work together, uh, and it's, it's really, it's, it's an exciting overlap, uh, so I'm glad to know I'm not alone in the journey. That there are plenty of others joining me along with it, uh, but really, for the most part, I've only been intentionally doing this since Checkpoint started. Uh, but it's always been kind of up there in the brain. Well, Nathan,
0: just listening to some of your, uh, sermon podcasts, I I can just say that I'm not a gamer, but I have so many, I know so many people that are, and it's like, oh my gosh, I need to tell them about Nathan's church. I need to connect them in. So you, um, you've excited something within me to say, oh, finally, there's something that's going to connect, um, the, this beautiful, the metaphors and the beauty of the gaming community, community with an ancient, um, an ancient set of practices and um, and Christ. So I love it.
2: Yeah, you would be surprised. You, I've, I've heard I've heard that a lot from pretty much everybody that I've mentioned this, this calling to. They say, oh, you know, that would be perfect for fill in the blank. You know, my sister-in-law, my son-in-law, my child, my, you know, whatever it may be, they all say this would be perfect for this person. So that's encouraging to me as a, as a church planner. Yes, yes, point them my way,
1: please. <laughs> Nathan, you've talked about how this community does community um, pretty well. Maybe they could teach us a little bit about that. What is this community teaching you in general about church or about the gospel?
2: Sure. So there's plenty. And I I think that it's interesting, um, kind of going back to what Beth was just talking about, how there's already been so much that video games and uh, uh, nerd stuff has taught me. Uh, about ministry and about worship and about church work. Uh, I can remember playing Final Fantasy X on the PlayStation Two, and we're on the PlayStation Five now, so it's three three generations ago, which makes me feel old, even though I'm not old. But I still like feel like that's forever ago. But uh, sometimes they're just outright with some of these themes, and the the bad person, the bad guy in Final Fantasy X is a literal embodiment of sin. It is named sin, and your goal is to fight sin. And so it's like, it's not shy. It does not shy away from these biblical Christian, -Christian, Judeo-Christian worship filled themes. And so it's always kind of been there, but as I'm immersing myself in it, I think what I'm most captivated by is not only uh, these kind of motifs and themes uh, that are making it so easy to write these weekly sermons and uh, deep dives on YouTube and podcasts and things like that, but it's the community. Like I mentioned, I think that's something that I'm so intrigued with is how nerds do community and how they're able to keep community uh, in digital spaces. Uh, For instance, so many people that I reach out and and have met and have built relationships on Twitch and on discord, uh, they don't see each other. They don't see each other, you know, for years at a time, but they'll plan you know, obviously COVID has kind of changed things, but they'll plan for Comic Con uh, or whatever it might be, whatever convention is going on. They'll say, "All right, we're all going to meet up in July, and we're going to stay at the hotel, and we're going to go to Comic Con for that, you know, four-day event." And so I'm so intrigued. Uh, I, I, I'm instantly thought, I instantly think of Mecca uh, and the the you know, not necessarily Christian roots, but the worshipful roots of coming together on a pilgrimage to one place at one time, and then going out into the world, living out our daily lives in our communities, remaining a part of this tight bond, and rejoining every year in this huge pilgrimage and Mecca together. I'm so intrigued by that model uh, and what we might do with that at Checkpoint. I'm working it out. Uh, that's definitely something that I, that's always in my mind, and we're thinking about what that looks like for us to do our own kind of convention, our own kind of Mecca with Checkpoint. Uh, once we've really built up this community and worked towards what it looks like to even do worship uh, together, you know, do we worship every Sunday or do we have one, you know, rock and worship session once a summer? What does it look like? I, I, I'm so intrigued by how nerds do community in a, in a really remarkably distant way.
0: What are you learning right now about the community that you're forming?
2: Hmm, that, you know, I think I'm learning, I'm learning new things every day. What, one of the things that I'm learning is their ability to keep coming back and to giving time so generously. Uh, I think about how people, you know, in some churches are like, all right, you know, the pastor's gone to 1201 and the line at Golden Corral's getting longer and longer. All right, pastor, wrap it up. You know, this is my one hour on Sunday. Uh, I really am ready to go. But whenever it comes to nerds online, at first I thought I would only need to stream on Twitch maybe one or two hours a week but I'm streaming seven hours a week currently and people are still showing up. And they stay for those two-hour sessions, uh, and I hop on some other streams that go for three or four hours. Uh, we have sometimes they have charity events on Twitch that'll go for twelve hours, twenty-four hours. And people won't stay for necessarily the whole time, but there are people wanting to join in for hours at a time with these events, with these gatherings, with these opportunities. while they aren't overt worship, while they aren't something that we would think of on Sunday morning, it's still a time where they're wanting to intentionally gather for way longer than just an hour without their tummies rumbling for the golden corral. They're just living into that real communal moment. And so I'm really thinking about how nerds give up their time and how they just want to be in community, regardless of the time it takes, they just want to be present. Uh, one example of that also is discord. That's how we're doing our community building, uh, online. And it's this incredible app that I, you know, I can talk about more a little later on of how it works, but it's a place that's 24 hours and it's just a group that's 24 hours, kind of like a Facebook or a Twitter and Instagram, but it's an intentional space set aside just for us at Checkpoint Church. And we are allowed to just hang out and talk. And if it's two o'clock in the morning and we want to talk about anime, well, then we hop on at two o'clock in the morning and talk about anime. I won't be there. Uh, I have a two-year-old, so I won't be there at two o'clock in the morning. But uh, you know, maybe more like 5 a.m. If you're up still, if you're still up from the night before, I might be getting up with my two-year-old. And so I'll be there. You know, anytime that, that we need to be there, it's, it's that kind of constant uh, communication and community that we're living into in a really remarkable way uh, that's just so different from the church structure that I'm used to growing up.
0: So Nathan, your pe- the people that are coming to this uh, community, are they all over the world?
2: They absolutely are. I can remember, I think our very first stream, I, I wrote a blog about it because I was so excited our very first stream we were streaming uh, undertale we were doing a full playthrough of that video game uh, which is a remarkable game and it was the reason i chose it to be our first one uh, and we were streaming and we got 12 people on stream at a time and we were number one on the charts for undertale on twitch which was just you know just an incredible roller coaster ride and we had somebody join us all the way from france and so i kept bragging to everybody that i saw as humbly as i could as a preacher as humbly as i possibly could i'd say you know, it's remarkable. Imagine telling someone that you had someone from France in your worship service. Imagine telling somebody that. It's so incredible. And to tell them not only that, but they're literally in France while they're at your worship service, that's an incredible thing. Now, granted, it wasn't a traditional worship by any means. It's not even what I would necessarily call worship, but it is an opportunity of community and gathering we had somebody from France. Uh, most recently, we had somebody from Germany joining in on the call. And, and it was, it's really fun. It's fun. They, it is. It's global for sure. Uh, and age-wise, it's, it's a vast uh, number as far as we have some people that are around my age. We have some people that are as young as our demographic can go on Twitch. Is uh, You have to be 13 to sign up. So we have some that are 13 year old uh, and then we have, you know, 50, 60 year old people that, you know, grew up in a completely different generation um, of gaming in general. Uh, People that grew up on Pac-Man or people that grew up with the penny arcades or people that, uh, you know, didn't even grow up with that and just did tabletop gaming. Uh, It's all over the place with age and range and where we're coming from. But it is remarkable the way that we unite in this one place.
1: Nathan, I, um, in looking at your sermons, um, you can watch a bunch of them in an afternoon because they're not long. You know, Six to eight minutes, it seems like you get as much done as most of us do in 30. But, but on the flip of that, um, you're spending a lot of time doing community. Um, I think a lot of people that are just, just wading wait, into the world of digital church are putting up great content and they're struggling around how to do community. Um, they're preaching too long, and then they don't know what to do in order to sort of weave people into community. But you're, you're holding space during a lot of time through these various apps. Um, but any learnings for your colleagues who are trying to begin digital platforms for church?
2: So when it comes to online community, what, what I think is key to keep in mind And what I've learned through trial and error uh, is that they can sniff you out and they will sniff you out if you're being anything less than absolutely genuine. Um, if you have an ulterior motive, if you're wanting more views or if you're wanting more shares, or if you're wanting people to like what you say, uh, they're going to smell it out. And that's not what people want. Uh, what people are looking for in a digital space, um, Unless you're going to be putting out like uh, Stanley Kubrick level, um, you know, incredible cinematography, unless you're planning on editing something uh, really, really well in a drastic way, what they're really wanting out of your community is just that it's community, it's relationship. First and foremost, it needs to be the first and last word needs to be, how are we connecting together? Uh, When is the next opportunity that we can get together? When is the next time? So every single time that I end a, a sermon or I end a, a Twitch call, whatever it may be, whenever we wrap up our time together, I always say, hey, come join us on Discord. Hey, come join our Facebook group. Hey, come check us out on Twitch this time, this date. I'm always pointing people towards the next time that we can gather in community together because what really matters is not so much my voice or you know the 10 minute sermon or whatever it may be, but it's just getting to the point of when can we be? again? When can we re- meet again? When, when can we continue this relationship and get to know one another in any kind of way? And so uh, for that, you know, that that's my my first recommendation is whether it's Discord uh, or whether it's a really robust Facebook group, um, figure out what it means to do relationship online, because that's going to be the key to doing digital ministry. Um, what, there, there's the old adage that's a little bit cheesy, but it's kind of the people won't People won't care what you know till they know that you care, right? I mean, that's the kind of idea of forming those relationships first and foremost, making sure that you establish that connection. And that's what people really, really want. It's the reason why YouTubers make it so big is because they're offering this sense of community. They're offering this sense of feeling like you're a part of this you know, whatever, you know, David Dobrik gang may be, or whatever, Logan Paul, to be a Logan Paul or something like that. You want to be a part of something bigger than yourself. And so we have something so much bigger than ourselves to offer, but instead we're just offering our sermon or offering our hour long worship service when we really need to be leaning into forging those relationships with new people or figuring out ways to continue to forge our digital relationships with our existing congregations.
0: What I'm hearing in that, Nathan, is um, a really beautiful pivot from 20th century church to 21st century. And I would say it like this. There's so many um, churches out there today that are trying to figure out how do we get people in the door? How do we grow our worship numbers? How do we grow our financial bottom line? And the gospel message is go into the world and... Um, get into relationships with people, meet people where they are, listen to their stories. And in that, the kingdom of God will unfold. And that's what our call is. And we've gotten it a little, little mixed up. And I'm I'm hearing from you, this beautiful pivot to really the first century church again.
2: Well, that's definitely my hope. I mean, I think that, that there's always the temptation to fall back into, you know, what about the numbers? What about the metrics? We always think about those things. And Um, make no mistake that Facebook and YouTube certainly throw those numbers at you constantly. They want you to know, Hey, your audience didn't watch past minute number two or whatever. They want to throw those metrics at you. They want you to care. Uh, but it's so important to me to kind of reflect as often as I can, you know, are people being loved, uh, are people being welcomed. That's what's most important. Are we building those relationships? It doesn't matter to me if somebody watches my 10-minute sermon. I would love that. I would love if we relate and we talk about it and we talk about this anime and maybe we'll watch the show together, whatever that may be, that's great. Uh, But whether you watch minute one or to minute 10 uh, or whether you watch my two-hour stream or whether you only hang around for five minutes, all that matters to me is that the relationship is started and hopefully continues to be
1: built. Nathan, Checkpoint has three keywords um, that come up in kind of your branding here and there. Um, reboot, reroute, rewind. Um, why did you choose those words? Where did they come from?
2: I did want to say real quick, it's actually reboot, reroute, revive.
1: But that's oh, like revive. a rewind. Oh, oh Re- revive. Rewind
2: is also super cool. <laughs> <laughs> so I think you might have come up with our fourth keyword there. All right. But yeah, so it's it's Reboot, Reroute, and Revive. And that was something that we came up with whenever we were very first getting started, me and uh, and one of my partners who helped me out with this thing and helped me figure out what checkpoint was gonna be and just pray through this thing and talk through this thing. Uh, and I really like the number three, Uh, If you look through any of our mission statements or through our branding or through our website or any of those places, you're going to find a lot of threes. Uh, I love the way it looks. It's such an appealing number. And so that's the unfortunate, probably truest reason why I had to come up with those three words. But the, the, the other key reason for Reboot, Reroute, Revive is because I wanted to relate the gospel message. I wanted to relate our mission to nerds, geeks, and gamers in a language that felt familiar, and in a language that was going to come across as being genuine. Uh, one of our things that I've constantly pursued uh, with Checkpoint is I'm so aware, because I've, I've been on both sides of it, I'm so aware of Christianese. I'm so aware of our language barrier uh, and our jargon that we kind of come up with and that we all know and that we don't know that other people don't know. And so as best as I can, I try to intentionally take those Christianese terms that I may know and translate them into what I would consider more relatable, nerdy terms. And so reboot, obviously the first image that hopefully comes to mind is rebooting a computer, turning it off and turning it back on again, that kind of reboot mentality. And so I think about that as being an opportunity to enter into a relationship, to reboot, to get a new start, to turn it off and turn it back on again, or entering into something new together, to reroute That's kind of a little play on, uh, you know, Google Maps or uh, any of those things. Alexa, kind of the, you know, the travel on your phone telling you where to go. So we're rerouting. We're rerouting. We're taking a new path together. And then revive. Well, we know that language in both Christianese and definitely in video games. Revival is a huge part of video games, right? You think about Mario, very, very beginning of the games. You know, you, you have lives. And once you lose a life, what do you do? You revive. And now in games today, like shooting games and things like that, you have characters who are known as healers and they'll go out and they'll revive other players whenever they get down. And so revival is something that's already pretty key in gaming. It's something that's definitely one of those things that'll be a sermon someday uh, on our YouTube channel or on our podcast. And revival is something obviously key to our Christian understanding of the revival that we have through Jesus Christ and of the revival of Jesus Christ, the resurrection of Easter Sunday and of Holy Week. Maybe that's when we'll do it uh, as in Holy Week of this year. Maybe we'll talk about this reality of revival and of something grand happening through Jesus Christ's resurrection and through our revival through it. Uh, and through Pentecost, we have so many good revival words. We have so so much good stuff there that I think could be really fun. Uh, one of those things, like I mentioned at the beginning, where the the nerds can also learn from the church, and we're kind of the OGs when it comes to revival. Uh, so let's let's talk about it. Let's let's help them understand some of that good, reviving stuff. So that's kind of where those words come from and spawn out of, uh, and work out of. And it also ashamed as I am to admit, really just, I like the number three. So as much as I want to add rewind in there, I'm going to have to stick it to my three, but I'll remember <laughs> rewind.
1: It seems that um, revival or the word revive is actually sort of a um, a word that is becoming a little distant from, the, from a lot of the population. It, it's interesting. Your community is able to um, apprehend that word and work with it in some ways that are actually reviving the whole idea of reviving Um, in the book of acts. When the the apostles preach, you always see them mixing the gospel story with the cultural narrative. Um, And you do that really, really well with the anime as well as with some of the um, prevailing narratives from games and so forth. Um, Does that come easy for you? This connection between culture, cultural narrative and uh, gospel narrative?
2: You know that's an interesting word, easy. <laughs> I don't know about easy, uh, but I do know that it comes naturally. Um, it's definitely Good. something that kind of comes out of my natural. Just I'm I'm in that world. I've I you know I was born in that world. I, I I know video games. I know nerds. I know everything about it. I love it. I love digging into it and reading things on it and reading articles and blog posts and listening to podcasts. And so I immerse myself constantly in the nerd world, learning more and more about it. Uh, watching new pro, uh, you know, stuff that comes on, watching and reading new manga and new comic books. I'm constantly in that world. So I consider it as almost being a natural extension just because I'm always in it. And so the language comes there. But as far as easy, I don't know about that. I think that you know, it takes a lot of work to really break apart the pieces and to make sure that I'm not committing some kind of grand act of heresy. That's something that I really want to always stray away from. Um, and so while I'm really well-versed in, in in the nerddom, I'm also constantly reading books on theology and constantly digging back into my old Divinity School books and papers to make sure that I'm also hitting those nails on the head as best as I can. Uh, I really want to make sure that I'm not just pulling scripture out and trying to apply it uh, to whatever theme that I've come up with for the week. I really want them to, to, to have a real marriage between these themes uh, and to work in tandem uh, and not so much be one feeding in to the other and if either one of them does feed into the other i would rather the anime or the manga that i pull be the stretch and not the scripture uh, as best as i can do uh, so that's something that i'm super intentional and prayerful about uh, i know that i'm not perfect there i'm sure i will eventually take a misstep um, but i just pray for grace in that moment uh, and i hope to you know have people that i can work with and lean on and that'll say hey you know nathan you kind of missed the mark on this one uh, i think you you nailed the anime but Mm, I'm not so sure you got the scripture reading quite right. I'm I'm not so sure I liked your exegesis that you did there. And so that's something that I'm I'm nervous about. And that's why I want to be hesitant about saying that it comes easy Mm. Uh, because I'm still doing my reading. I'm still doing my exegetical work. I'd love to say I got off scot-free and that I'm just, you know, just doing word vomit and getting these things out there easy, but that's (laughs) not the case. Um, There's still a lot of work that goes into it, but it is that natural place to be. Uh, You know, I imagine if if Paul went and preached at a tent making convention, he'd probably have some ease there too. it would come real natural. It's something that we just do. It's our hobby. It's our passion. It's our work aside from work. But uh, it's just, it's a real blessing uh, to be put in a place where I'm I'm so, so lucky to be able to be called into this particular place that does come so naturally. Uh, So I really just consider it a place that is blessed and natural, but not always easy.
0: Nathan, I want to get a little nerdy on church planting a bit here and go a little bit further on this niche. A lot of churches, a lot of church planters um, uh, think that they have to go wide in order to um, connect with community. And you have gone really nichey, like sub nichey. And it's exciting. Because the connection is so palpably powerful and present, um, do you have any words of wisdom for people or ch- church leaders about how important it is to find that that niche, um, that organic niche that um, is so connected to who you are or who we are and the passion that we carry in life?
2: Yeah, that that's that's tricky. Uh, I want to be careful about offering up too much wisdom because I feel like I'm so, uh, you know, fresh eyes on this thing. And maybe that's something to it that uh, I am so new into this this world of church planting uh, that I have that, that kind of, of, of rookie start, that kind of freshness to me. But I will say that the biggest thing that's led to this revelation and to this particular um, demographic is that I am this demographic mm-hmm. and I wasn't being reached. Um, I, I, am a pastor's kid. I've been in the, in the church all my life. My dad was a pastor. Whenever he became ordained, whenever I was very, very young, we've always been in the church. Um, and I went to youth group and I went on mission trips, but that part of me was never really, really welcome. It was never really, really there. Uh, you know, we would play horse or we would, uh, shoot some basketball or whatever it may be whenever we went to youth group. Uh, but the nerdy part of me was never quite met. Uh, And then whenever I went to college, it was the same case, only it was the other way around. Church was a little less popular at college, but the nerd stuff was real popular. And so I got real connected uh, with all my college buddies who I really loved and developed important relationships with, but none of them felt comfortable at church. Uh, None of them either, either they had been hurt uh, or they just wasn't for them or they felt uncomfortable with the language. Like I said, the Christianese, that kind of thing. Uh, Either way, there was just an obvious gap. And I was a part of the gap. I was I was a part of that. And so I thought, well, maybe I should see what it looks like to try and bridge that gap, to try and find uh, that niche, to try and be the connection in this place. Uh, so it was really just kind of a right place, right time, uh, and to look for where, to look for where the church wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I know that sounds kind of blunt, and obviously there are churches out there that are doing things for nerds, but it just wasn't where I was. I couldn't find anything in the United Methodist Church, really. Since then, i found some great people in the UMC who are, who are nerdy and are wanting to pursue this kind of thing, but it's it's just not been quite how it needed to be, and so I was able to create what I couldn't find.
1: How do I belong to this community? you have church members?
2: Not yet. We don't have any members, and I'm not sure what that actually will end up looking like. Sure. Uh, currently... Currently I have kind of a a funnel model of how I'm getting people um, to feel like they hopefully belong. Uh, It's kind of a two-step process, pretty short. There's obviously a lot in between and a lot of other options, but ideally the way that things go is I'm doing all of my outreach uh, through Twitch, which is an online streaming platform, just like Facebook live, only it's just meant for streaming. Typically it leans towards gamers, but it, it can, it can be much broader than that. They have more categories. Uh, But it is a site exclusively meant for online streaming. And so my goal there is I want to be on there, building community as much as I can. And then I want to funnel into a place called Discord. Discord is not so much for content creation. In fact, it's really not for content creation at all. Uh, It's just like a Facebook group. It's just like AOL Instant Messenger or AIM back in the day. Uh, If you remember those programs, it's just a place where we can all be together in a place, in a community. And so I've kind of got it structured as like our virtual church building. Um, We have an area that is kind of our more spiritual area where we might have kind of in the future, maybe we'll look into doing a sanctuary-like place where we have worship if we do worship. Uh, We have a place where it's a prayer room where you can just go and you can be and you can pray and you can be quiet and you can have people in there with you that want to pray with you. You can have a place where you drop off prayer requests, those kind of things. That's all of our spiritual place. But then we also have other rooms that are, voice chat rooms where if you want to say play mario kart or something with some buddies you can say hey why don't we all hop over on the discord server on discord and we will uh we'll hop into room one and let's play mario kart and then you can all hop on to that room and we've already got it built and laid out for you all you got to do is click on room one and you've got a microphone connecting you to whoever's in that room and then you can play mario kart together you can just hang out and so it becomes a, a a virtual room a virtual gathering place and then we're all a part of this greater Discord server um, that'll allow us to, to chat on different categories. We have a ton of different categories in our Discord server where we have general conversation. We have more specific things, like if you want to talk about anime, if you want to talk about video games, if you want to talk about Pokemon, if you want to talk about fill in the blank, we've got a section for it. And if it's not there, uh, then I have a section that you can say, uh, hey, you know Nathan, will you add this? And I'll add it. It's just as easy as can be. And it's just a place where we're kind of building that community out and trying to build those relationships um, rather than worrying too much about what membership actually means and looks like. It's more of a place where I want people to feel like they belong there, that they are active there. And one of the amazing things about it is, you know, you think about a church building. And one of the things I was I was taught in div school uh, is that something that's so key to the church is that we need to learn how to use our building Monday to Saturday that we're using our building for an hour on Sunday, but Monday to Saturday, we're not using it. Well, the great thing about Discord is that I have some people in our Discord, it does not matter what time of day I log on to Discord, it's open, they're on, they're on there. I don't know if they just leave it open on their phone or on their computer or what it may be, uh, but there are people that are always there. So imagine what that looks like, uh, You know, to put that into a physical context, if you had somebody that was always 24 seven, just at church. Well, that's remarkable, right? I mean, that would be that would be the greatest victory for me as a pastor to be like, yeah, there are people always hanging out in the fellowship hall, just talking, just being, just being present. That's so amazing and something that I'm I'm so curious about. Of what does it look like for somebody to feel comfortable enough to just be on our server twenty four seven? That's something so, that's
1: so. So, do do strangers out there on Twitch or on Discord, whether they're in France or Ohio, do they just do? <laughs> do they find you and just kind of wander in or is it usually by word of mouth how do do people come into your space
2: i think there's a couple different ways uh some of the stuff that we do is through our youtube um so you know we've mentioned our our podcast and our, our youtube series where i'm posting these sermons but they're they're only kind of sermons um they're they're very interesting little you know segments into things Uh, I I almost kind of think of them as our form of discipleship. They're how we're kind of discipling and connecting culture and Christianity in a sort of way. And so I think some people are going to just naturally find those through our hashtags uh, and through promotion and watch these videos. And hopefully that makes them curious enough to want to learn more about what we're doing. You know, if they see that we we talked about WandaVision this week, they'll say, huh, I wonder, that's curious that they're talking about WandaVision. I wonder if they'll talk about that again. Or I wonder if the pastor would talk to me about WandaVision one-on-one or whatever that might look like. And so they hopefully get curious from seeing that. So that's one way um, that we're kind of utilizing uh, Facebook advertising and outreach programs and sharing uh, and hashtagging uh, all that SEO kind of stuff to reach out to people. And so that's a really good way that I've found that we've made some connections I think most of our connections are made through just a natural algorithm on Twitch. Uh, So whenever you stream on Twitch, they don't have the greatest algorithm, but they do have some discoverability. And so if you play a game that people like to play or they want to watch somebody play, then they can just click on that game and click on anybody on Twitch. And so typically, you know, kind of going into that niche world, the more niche the game, the more specific you can get, like with Undertale. Uh, That's the reason we had somebody from France join us is because there are only so many people playing Undertale. It's a five-year-old game, six years old at this point. And we were one of very few playing it. And we also had several people that uh, were friends of mine that had agreed to be on the stream. And so we were boosted right to the top of the charts right away. And so one of the things that I found is, is, you know, there's natural algorithms, there's natural ways of discoverability, there's search engine optimization, those kind of things. Uh, And that kind of stuff, I think, is really nice at the beginning. Uh, Once you get a solid relationship, once you get these connections really forged, I think word of mouth then becomes your real method because you'd be uh, amazed at how quickly uh, things can be seen once you have people that share them and like them and comment on them. Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, any of those platforms, they really want that. And so once you give that to them, once you feed the belly of the beast, uh, all of a sudden, uh, it just amazes me how quickly things get out there and how quickly they become interacted with. Now, sometimes those interactions may be negative and sometimes they may be more positive, but either way they get out there, the more people that talk about them. And so that's something just incredibly important to, to keep in mind is not only how are we reaching out, but when we reach out, how are we making sure that relationship stays. Uh, and so that's why I think consistency is key. That's why during streams, I always say, check out our discord, check out our YouTube channel. Uh, if it's on our YouTube channel, I say, check out our discord, check our, check out our uh, Twitch channel, you know, whatever it is. I always try to point people towards our other places where they can keep getting those relationships and those connections.
0: Can you just give us like a baseline, uh, reality check on what are the numbers that, that come into discord? Like what's your funnel look like?
2: Sure. So it's definitely, it's a drastic funnel. Uh, our Twitch community uh, is really going strong. We have about 450 people following us on Twitch. Uh, but like you said, it is a funnel and it is a narrow one. On our Discord, we're currently sitting at about 29, 30. And so it takes some direction. It takes some encouraging and it takes some relationship building. And so that's something that has been incredibly important to consider is how are these relationships being built once they get on the discord? Are they interested and willing to invite others? I've started to see more and more of that. At the beginning, the discord was just my friends. And that's kind of the the nature of the church planning business. I think at the beginning is that they are, it's the people that you already have. It's the connections that you've already made. But then as connections are made, uh, what's really exciting as a church planner is to see somebody say, you know, oh, such and such, you joined. Great. I'm so glad I invited you. That kind of message to me uh just says awesome. You know, this this thing is working. We're making connections. We're reaching people, we're building these relationships, and let's keep it going. Uh, and then we also have a Facebook group uh as well for those that are more Facebook inclined. And we almost have a completely different group of people, uh, same number, about 30. Uh, and so between those two funnels, you know, some people are more um, willing. To try out Discord, and others are a little bit more gun shy and a little bit more interested in keeping with what they know. Uh, and so they keep with Facebook. Uh, so we kind of consider both of those kind of our landing places uh, as we're trying to build those relationships in a deeper sense, a more private sense of community where people feel a little bit more comfortable uh, just talking about whatever and getting to
1: know one another. It's interesting that maybe ironic that a platform called Discord becomes the the basis <laughs> that the Holy Spirit uses in order to weave people um, into a sense of common community.
2: Absolutely. Yes. We'll never, you know, God has a sense of humor. There's no doubt about it.
1: How does sacrament happen in, in, a, in a digital world? Yeah,
2: what a great question. And let me tell you, that is a question that we are all asking, isn't it? I mean, that is the premier question that it seems like everybody wants the magic answer to. And I'd love to say that I have it. For now, what I'm thinking is, again, kind of steering away from those Christianese. I just don't even know, aside from language, what the current people that are are, are gaining interest in Checkpoint, um, what they're ready for. I don't think we're ready to go ahead and have a discussion on, on baptism and to get him over here and to get him baptized. I don't think we're ready to necessarily figure out what communion looks like in a space like this. Uh, one thing that I'm super curious about, as I mentioned earlier, is that Mecca gathering, is that once a year gathering space. And so I really want that to be my first experience of really experimenting with what that looks like in a physical space gathered. So keeping with the physical space idea of sacrament, making sure that we're in a physical community together and kind of talking about it. I think that that's something that uh, is incredibly important to me is really just conversation around these things. And so more than anything, I want to be straightforward with the people that do show up to our, our gathering and with the people that join in this community with what, what do we think about communion? What, Do we think about baptism rather than just kind of, you know, stealthily dunking them uh, or trying to get them as quick as we can to quick, 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 we need to baptize you right now instead of trying to rush into the sacraments. I think I have a really unique opportunity with this church plant uh, to kind of tiptoe into the sacraments and to walk alongside and to disciple uh, with people who really don't know uh, where the sacraments come from for us as United Methodists. What do they mean? Uh, and so I'm really excited by just the possibility of taking the time to really work through these things together. And so that, that's kind of where I'm at right now with the sacraments. Uh, I know that everybody kind of has a, a pretty bold stance on, on communion, either being absolutely online, uh, you know, absolutely being legitimate or absolutely not being legitimate. I I'm, I'm kind of on the fence there as I am with many things of, I, I really just want more wisdom. I want to listen to people and I want to hear what people think and where they are uh, in this world, whenever it comes to online communion. Uh, You know, I'm not so sure about, uh, you know, Doritos and Mountain Dew being a substitute for communion, but I'm not so sure that that means that we shouldn't at all pursue online forms of communion and what we shouldn't explore how that sacrament can be done, uh, whether it be with having, uh, you know, little mailers that we mail out uh, juice and bread to our, our members and our congregants, whatever that might look like. I, I'm open, uh, as I guess what I'm, I'm kind of round about saying is that I'm very open and I really want to walk alongside, uh, checkpoint church as we figure it out together. So I'm afraid to say <laughs> I don't that's, have the magic answer.
1: That strikes me as a part of the beauty of this whole thing is that you're learning into this experience absolutely. and, and you're, you have not started with some real hard, um, opinions about it has to be this way, that way you're allowing this experience to sort of unfold and to teach you. Um,
2: Well, and the truth be told, Paul, I really, it is my greatest prayer for myself that I never lose that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm really fresh into the official ordained ministry and what that looks like, but I really, I really hope, uh, and pray beyond all, all doubt in the future that I might be able to keep an air of curiosity, uh, and of openness uh, and of willingness to learn i think that's just well, that's the most well, important thing well, i don't well, ever want to stop learning
1: well technology is changing so fast that all these platforms will be morphing continually that'll keep you on your toes uh, you know over the next few years just you know keeping up with where your people are going
2: absolutely i just got a quest 2 the new virtual reality headset and i mean just that in and of itself is blowing my mind uh, and i thought i'd you know i thought i was on the cutting edge of tech and i'm still uh, getting you know downed and tunneled by these kind of things so It is. It's always growing. It's always expanding and blowing my mind every step of the way. Uh, And I just love technology. I think it has so many possibilities. Uh, I hope to continue learning from it and continue learning from um, those who do have more wisdom than me uh, and those that are are really doing the tough work of theology in this space. And so I just hope to continue walking alongside uh, all of those who are are in this space with me.
1: So for our listeners, how can they find out more about Checkpoint? You have a website, but where would you steer us to go to get started checking you out.
2: So if you're curious about the things that I'm talking about, as far as uh, maybe you might be a nerd or maybe you might be a geek or a gamer, I really would recommend checking out our Twitch streams. We stream on Mondays, Wednesday, or Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So we're streaming four days a week now, various times you can find our schedule on twitch.tv slash Church. Uh, And maybe check out our YouTube channel. We don't have a ton of subscribers there, so we don't have a custom URL, uh, but you can find it on our website. You can find it on our link tree and all those different places. Uh, We're on all the social media platforms, but YouTube is where I'm really trying out this experimental form uh, of discipleship. Uh, And like we mentioned earlier, I'm putting these 10 minute videos, 10 to 15 minute every week, uh, just kind of experimenting and playing around with what a sermon might be, what discipleship might look like. Uh, You know, I found that an hour long sermon If I wasn't willing to sit through it, um, you know, who would, right? I I doubt that some random person on the internet was going to sit through my hour long sermon. Uh, And so instead I said, well, how quick and snappy can I make this thing? Uh, And so I started experimenting and playing around with there. So I'd love more thoughts and feedback on that kind of thing. And, uh, if, you're a, if you're a preacher out there, maybe you consider checking those out and, and giving me some feedback. I'd love to know more. Uh, and if you consider doing those kind of things as well. And if you have the secret to maybe fitting them in a minute for TikTok, that'd be the real trick. Tri- <laughs> try to fit a sermon into a minute on TikTok. That, that's what I really, maybe that's the future of uh, where that goes. But those are the places, our YouTube and our Twitch. And if you're really interested in learning more, maybe come join our Discord. Check it out. At the very least, see the structure that I'm I'm working on and see if it might be possible for your church. I really believe um, that maybe not Discord itself, but that kind of digital uh, online structure is 100% the future of the online church. I think we need to learn that. We need to grow into it, whether it's Facebook groups or whatever. We've got to grow into what it looks like to do that digital community.
0: Thank you so much, Nathan. You've given us a lot to think about and to be excited for um, as we live into uh, the new things that are unfolding.
1: Field Preachers Podcast is a ministry of the United Methodist Church sponsored by Discipleship Ministries, and we thank Nathan Webb for his time today and for his ministry. Thank you very much. Field Preachers Podcast has been a production of Discipleship Ministries, an agency of the United Methodist Church. Visit all our podcasts at podcasts.umcdiscipleship.org.